Welcome to Our Creator Calls, where we seek truth together. Are we being visited by aliens? Have you ever heard about alien abduction? Research polls through the years have shown that as many as 5 million people from various faiths and no faith at all may have experienced some form of this phenomenon. That's a lot of people. So you have to wonder what's going on. UFO researcher Joseph Jordan asks that question regularly as a president and co-founder of the Christian Investigation and Research Team, CE4 Research Group. It claims that alien abductions are a close encounter of the fourth kind. What Joe and his team have uncovered over 25 years of research and 600 so-called cases of the alien abduction experience is an unwanted piece of the UFO puzzle that even the UFO community doesn't want you to know. In his book, Piercing the Cosmic Veil, You Shall Not Be Afraid of the Terror by Night, Joe presents what he calls the most powerful evidence in the world today, showing the true nature of UFOs and alien abductions. This week, in part two of my interview with Joe Jordan, he says millions of people worldwide are being deceived to think they're being abducted by aliens as part of a great UFO delusion in the near future. A voice, a voice calling in your wilderness. Best example ever of an abduction experience of what I'm trying to share with you. You ever see the movie The Matrix? Of course, yes. We all have. In the Matrix, when Neo, first time he goes to the submarine, and they lay him on that recliner bed table thing, and they plug him into the back of his head, instantly Neo's in a white space. Right. Very similar to what you just said, yeah. What starts showing up? Furniture. And then Morpheus shows up. Okay. Now, my question is, where's Neo? He's still where he was. He's still where he was. This is exactly how these entities work. It's all done in the mind. Remember, Paul talked about that, the warfare being in the mind. This is exactly where the warfare is taking place during the alien abduction. In the mind. We have to guard the mind. That's why when we first set out our hypothesis as a CE4 research group, we put a hypothesis out there to go after. The question was, I thought I was making it a simple one because I was a new believer. I said, are Christians being abducted by aliens? Of course, we get a yes or no answer, right? No, we ended up with yes and no. And the reason we ended up with yes and no is because we found that there are Christians who are absolute walk-the-walk believers, that their whole life is focused on God's word and living the way God wants us to live. Many good Christians out there. But you have the talk-the-talk believers not saying they aren't believers, they aren't saved, but they're not walking the walk that God wants us to walk. They still have doors that are open. They're still dabbling. They still have the inquisitive mind to know about you know, the rest of the things that are going on. 
that's that unknowingly opening the door. So we found a definite split in walk the walk and talk the talk believers. But even a believer calling out the name and authority of Jesus Christ, Jesus is going to be there for him. But even a lost person, everybody knows who Jesus is. You either want to follow him or you don't. Nobody says, I don't believe in him. No, they believe he's, they know who he is. We choose whether to follow or not. It's hard pressed you find anybody on this planet that doesn't know Jesus. The whole Muslim religion knows who Jesus is. They just don't accept who he is. So when it comes down to bombs falling around you while you're in the foxhole in utter fear, you call out the Jesus as a last resort. He's going to be there for you. And you are going to become a changed person in your view of Scripture and the Bible. You are going to make that change. That will leave a definite impression on you. You know, the old term, there's no, there's no lost souls in the, in the foxhole when the bombs are coming down. Everybody believes. It takes something like this to drive you to that point. This okay. is that evidence that I hope I can bring is these case testimonies. So people that haven't dabbled in this, I hope they never will. If you have dabbled in this and you're still looking for hope, I hope these testimonies can show you a way out. So what do you believe from all of your research is the main reason why this is happening? You want the scary part, huh? I just want the truth. The truth is really scary. They think the alien abduction can be scary. They got no idea what scary is until you find out what's really happening here. What I believe is really happening. And this is the most important part of it all. People ask, if this is not what we think it is, why is it even happening? What's the purpose of this phenomenon? The purpose of this phenomenon can be seen by the outcome of people that get involved in it. In every single aspect of people that take on an interest in this phenomenon, that open themselves up to it, it takes their eyes away from the one true God. That is its outcome. I believe that is its purpose. Now, why would it be their purpose? Well, if you know the Bible's story, and I believe the Bible is a twofold story, on one hand, I think it's the greatest love story I've ever read because it's love between a father and his family and his children. It's a book of history of humanity and the warfare that's been going on from the beginning to the end for the souls of those that believe in Jesus Christ and God our Savior. It's been there from the very beginning, and it's still going on, and it will go on till the end, till God puts a stop to it. But there is a point in the story that the story gets to near the end where God again is fed up with everybody not following him and what he's offered him 
offered us, which is a great hope package, an eternity of hope, an eternity with him. But people reject it. They want to be their own gods, like the New Age does. They don't want to be, what's the term? They don't want to have to answer to anybody but themselves. They want to make their own rules. You see that all through the Bible where God's chosen people constantly turned against him and he constantly had to correct them. We're seeing that now. The Christian church is grafted into God's chosen people. So we're all dealing with the same thing now as Christians. You have an enemy that's trying to keep us from the truth, deceive us from the truth. It's been there from the beginning, that same enemy. He started in the garden with the fall of Adam and Eve. He deceived them. Is that what God really said? You know, the same message is being shared today from the enemy. Is that what he really said? Did he really say that? You know, that's the same thing you get from studying this phenomenon. We're at that point in history, though, where one of the prophetic things that God says is popping his head up, I believe. We're at a time where we're getting ready to see prophecy fulfillment again. It's all through Scripture. The whole supernatural experience of God's Word is about prophecy fulfillment. There's so much prophecy fulfillment, and it's all been 100% to date. Everything that's been prophesied in Scripture comes true when it's time. We have a record of prophecy that is just phenomenally 100% fulfilled. People want to study things that are paranormal. There's nothing more paranormal than the Bible itself. But yet that scares them because they have to answer for what they do. They don't want to do that. But there's nothing more supernatural than Scripture. So if prophecy has been 100% fulfilled, that means if there's still some to come, you can pretty much bet it's going to be fulfilled too. The one I'm talking about in particular that I recognize that fits this phenomenon to a T is the one from 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, where it talks about, at the end, God will send a strong delusion. And that strong delusion is going to test people. Do they truly believe the Word of God? Are they truly following God's Word? Because this deception is going to be so powerful, so powerful, confusing, complicated, that if it were possible, it could possibly even deceive the elect, the true believers in God and Jesus Christ. But it won't deceive them. But it could. It's that powerful. But it won't. Because they're grounded in faith and they're grounded in the Word of God. But everybody else beware. Look at, look at the, the questions. Every time Jesus was asked about what, what will the signs of the end be, the same thing comes up over and over and over. The first thing he says, do not be deceived. Mm -hmm. The most important thing in the end times that he tells us about is to not be 
deceived. That means there must be something coming, something coming that's just going to be overwhelmingly deceptive. And I think this is what we're seeing. This thing we're caught, we, he's talking about, the prophetic part, it's called the strong delusion. He says he would send this strong delusion that would test these people. This is going to separate the wheat from the chaff, without a doubt. And this phenomenon is already doing that. And it's going to do it on a larger and larger scale because it's also pulling in the support of the New Age and other religions that are not believers in Jesus and who he is to build the one world church because that's going to be their fellowship. All they need now is their one world believer, one world leader. And I have no doubt this is going to open the doors for that. The reason why I called you, I've been thinking about you and this whole topic. And just this week, there was a video that I saw just on Monday of a variety of different people that were witnesses, whistleblowers about UFO phenomenon going back, you know, going back to Roswell. And they were basically saying there's all of these things that have been black co-ops that have been covered by the government covered up by the government. And interestingly, during this whole thing, over and over again, the comment was made, but these aliens are actually, they have our best interests at heart. I heard that. I only listened to the first maybe 15 minutes of it. I heard that four or five times. And that is a big part of this delusion that you're talking about. And yet people, if they're not seeing with discernment, with their spiritual mind, made obedient to the mind of Christ, yeah. then that is going to overtake many people. It's a very powerful thing. And we've seen that in, in our world, how easily people can be swayed to believe Absolutely. or do something that they would not normally do. Absolutely. And then Stephen Greer, he's opened up the doors for, you know, even going after the youth, you know, and using technology. You know, back in the 1800s when all this stuff hit America, it was all about spiritism. You know, mm -hmm. and this is the same thing. It's the same thing, spiritism with a different guise on it. It's, it's been repackaged. You know, back then they were doing seances and later they, they were doing, you know, um, Ouija boards and everything else. Well, the new Ouija board is an app on your phone, you know, and it's called CE5. That's what Stephen Greer has put together that you... Put this app on your phone and you can open the app up and it'll set these meditative tones that will guide you into meditation to be in contact with these spirits, these beings. That's spiritism just repackaged. You know, I joke with them on Facebook and these chat groups, you know. I say, save your money. Walmart's got a Ouija board on sale. You'll still get the same results, you know. And they, they think I'm you know, sarcastic, but actually it's the same thing. You know, what mm -hmm. guys do you want them to come in? The whole thing works this way. This deception is not just the UFO phenomenon. It's dealing with ghosts. It's dealing with fortune telling, remote viewing. It's dealing with everything out there that is not of God. 
He's allowing this to happen. He's sending it. He's pumping it. He's letting the demonic realm at loose right now to perpetrate this delusion. They're behind perpetrating it. They're, they're the ones doing this. What we're seeing on the UFO side, different than the abduction side, but it's part of the package deal, okay? Lying signs and wonders in the sky. These things that defy physics, these things that are incomprehensible for man to figure out how they're working. That's not technology, but modern man thinks it's technology because it's something he can't do. It's not technology. What we're seeing is the natural ability of these spiritual beings, demonic spiritual beings, to manifest temporarily in our physical realm. This is why you see the capabilities of what they can do, okay? But they're masquerading as craft, as objects, you know? I have no doubt they're making appearances as entities, beings that are people are actually seeing. One of the best cases, I think, out there to show what this actually is, is the Zimbabwe school event from 1994, where you had 80 kids on a playground that all got to see a, a craft appear and two entities come out. But if you study that case, everything about it is paranormal. Everything about it fits exactly what I'm talking to. This, this effect that they have on people in, in, in people's presence, okay? This, this, I just did a, a talk on a show earlier where they wanted to talk about this case in Nevada with the kids there and a the family that saw these giant beings in the yard, you know, and it was, they did 911 call, the whole works. There's some key language that was used in the interview where the, the one guy is telling you about the experience seeing these entities, you know, either this is a elaborate hoax that they're pulling for attention or something paranormal actually happened to them. And I, if it's something paranormal did, I have no doubt that we they actually experienced a full manifestation of entities on the ground mm -hmm. like they did, like they did at that school in 1994 and other places that people are encountering beings. But the effect on the people that were there is what the key thing, the key giveaway is. Because three times there were things mentioned that most investigators will overlook during the guy's talk about experience. One, he said first time he encountered the being and saw it, he felt like he was having an out-of-body experience. Uh, excuse me, but that's a paranormal experience. The second was a little bit later in the same event, he saw the beings again, and this time he went under full paralysis, like sleep paralysis. He said it was just like what they describe in sleep paralysis, and it held him bound for a short period and then let him loose. That's two instances of paranormal experience while this was happening. Okay, this is not physical ET. This is something different. And even if it was interdimensional, why would that affect them like that? Because it's not interdimensional. It's a spiritual manifestation. It's got evil, wicked, mean, and nasty tied to it. And when they manifest, they pull part of that 
energy in with them during the manifestation. And if you're in close contact of the manifestation, the physical manifestation, you experience these type of things. We get these in cases over and over. Um, researcher Jenny Randalls out of England gave a term to this back in 1994 when she was seeing these things occur during close encounter events, close encounter in the physical, that people were, were talking about this. Things they, they talk about like um, they felt out of, out of body, they felt like time was distorted or time stood still, everything went silent, they couldn't hear anything when there should have been noise, you know, background noise. But this experience, she termed it the Oz factor. And I believe that's a signature of a real, true manifestation spiritual event. I believe that if you're in close proximity in the presence of these manifestations, that's what's happening to people. Okay? That just confirms that this, these entities are working on both sides. The high physics that we think we're seeing, it's not. It's just their natural ability to do that in our realm during a manifestation. Look at biblical manifestations. They were actually, angels have been able to, to manifest as uh, burning bush, pillar by fire, or pillar by night, fire by night, pillar cloud by day for, you know, the, in Exodus for the Israelites to be guided by. Um, those are manifestations. Um, the, does he, does he, these entities, the evil entities have the ability to, to, to manifest, of course they do. Look at scripture again. Back to Moses when they he was encountering, you know, the priest there in front of the Pharaoh. They were able to manifest snakes on the ground from a from a simple staff. That's pretty demonic manifestation right there. Except his was more powerful and he ate theirs up. You know, I think that's exactly what we're seeing here. Everything keeps pointing back to mirroring the abilities and the the demonic messaging from demonic spiritual entities. And that still takes us back, scripture backs us up, saying again, that's what Ephesians 6 is talking about. Okay? Now, you will also see that there's limitations on what these entities have been able to do. I don't see them killing people, which they surely have the ability to do it, but I think they're bound by Satan that they can only do certain things. But they will certainly try to convince you to kill yourself, which a lot of testimonials that I've come across, uh, my co-author on my new book, he was at that point, driven to almost sheer insanity, sitting on his bed with a loaded gun in his hand. They will drive you to kill yourself. And that we see throughout the world. People that have been driven through insanity, through drug usage, or anything else because they've opened those doors to the, to the demonic, okay? But I think they're limited on what they can do. Because this is a delusion that God is sending. He's, per he's letting them perpetrate it for him. They think they're getting somewhere, but they, they don't. They still lose in the end. But the problem is for humanity, that they don't fall for the delusion, that they trust the word of God to be able to uncover this delusion. One question that I just wanted to ask you, you mentioned way back when you were talking about these experiences. Why are the experiences so sexual in nature, do you think? 
because a lot of these people think that they're actually be being um, bred. They're yes, actually, hybrid. Th they think that they're being they're making hybrids. That there there's yes. been I've you know her documentaries. I've I've read a lot about this where people sure. actually feel like they are having a hybrid made inside of them. Some people say that they were pregnant and then suddenly the baby sure. was gone. You know, pictures of all of this type of stuff. You've I mean you've you've read all of this. What's that all about? And the reason why I ask that is how was that part of this deception? Oh wow. Remember, it's deep, it's complicated, mm -hmm. and it's going to be very powerful. So let me break down what I feel that's going on here. First of all, people aren't being taken to ships and being experimented on. I don't believe any, there's no evidence out there for that. The evidence is contrary to that. That's what I talked about. This is a spiritual visionary experience that's been given to people. So real that they... They can't separate reality from fiction. It's that real. Um, why the sexual nature? Sex works as a control factor. What's the most powerful powerful feeling a woman has? It's the motherly instinct. Mm -hmm. Okay. If you can capture them on that, you own them. That's that's a tough one. God, he hasn't made this delusion easy. And the enemies come at this with this hybridization program. This idea that you created, you're part of creating beings out there from, from you, that hits home to the heart. And the experiencers that I've worked with and been able to talk to that have been free and got their lives back and the Holy Spirit given them and shown them the truth, they agree that that whole thing is, is, is a lie. The idea and, wh and where it's coming from is interesting. Dr. David Jacobs and Dr. I mean, not Dr., but Bud Hopkins both came across experiencers not till later, but experiencers started having testimonies of um, hybridization ideas. Both of those researchers, Dr. David Jacobs especially, done a lot of them, use hypnotic regression to get these stories out of people. I think when you free your mind to that point and you give up your will to, you know, to go into that state, I think that is one of those things that we're told not to do. Because we're told only to meditate on God's word, not to free the mind. I think when you free the mind, you allow other things to come in there that shouldn't have access or you shouldn't let have access. That's why I never use hypnosis. So here's what's happened. You get people that have wake up, have this experience. They wake up from the memory of this experience. And they say, man, it's just like what I see on TV and on the movies. Is that what's happened to me? Did I have an abduction experience? Man, I need to go talk to my doctor. 
They say that, right? Never. Nobody goes to talk to their doctor and tell them a story like that. You'd be on some real psychotics for long. So who do they talk to? They search out a UFO researcher that does hypnotic regression so that they can confirm what's happened to them is real. That's their intent. Okay? Mm -hmm. did, they, did they not just use suggestion on themselves? They've set themselves up to give a story because we all have a we all want to please the doctor and give him the, all the information. So under hypnotic regression, you want to give everything. You don't want to be dis, you know, uh, disappointment. And the enemy's going, all right, open your mind, open your mind, let us in. And they'll let a story roll out. And what better story to help, help permeate through the delusion, but a control factor dealing with hybridization. So, What's happened is Dr. Jacobs has taken all of these testimonies to be literal and truthful. For fact. Okay? Never questioned them because they were under hypnotic regression. Well, hypnotic regression can't even be used in a court of law. You know? Because it's not trustworthy. And I just showed you how somebody can suggest to themselves that they're an experiencer. So, of course, who knows what's going to come out. But to trust that as valid research? No. That's flawed secular research. That same flawed secular research has subsequently been picked up by Christian researchers in this realm who took it to think that this hybridization, where have I heard that before? Oh, in that weird verse in Genesis, in chapter 6, verse 4. Okay, where the sons of daughters, son, where the sons of God came in and saw the, you know, the daughters of men and took them as wives and on with the Nephilim and all of that. Nobody really figured out what that was talking about. Most of us gloss over that. Well, here they're going... Well, wait a minute. They were doing this. We know that they're not aliens, that they're angelic, sons of God, angelic. And they did this in the Bible. This must be the same thing. So that's where they came up with the term. If that's what's happening now, then we're in that as in the days of Noah, when Jesus uses that comment in Matthew 24. But if you read Matthew 24, where he talks about what it was like in the days of Noah, there's no mention of any of that. There's mention of everything else but. And everything else but is actually happening right now. Okay? So I think this has been a major leap of faith to accept this secular, excuse me, flawed secular research of Dr. David Jacobs and connect it with a scripture in Genesis 6-4, which has got all sorts of different theories on that nobody in, you know, 
that in Christianity has a real agreement on. My perspective on what's happening in Genesis 6-4 was that these, these angelic beings that came and did bad stuff with the women, I believe it was through possession that they wanted their experience, their sexual experiences, because they can't have that experience as an angelic being. But if they, if they possess a human woman, I'm sure they can experience everything she's experiencing. And I think that's more likely what Genesis 6-4 is talking about. Okay, why the weird offspring? I think that was a mutation that happened and it continued. You know, and God, either he was part of that or he wasn't. Here's the issues I have with tying this all together, is I think you have to give up a lot of scripture to make that work. And if you're relying on Dr. David Jacobs' flawed secular research to say that it actually is happening, uh, excuse me, I got no credibility for you anyway. Um, because he's got no proof, he's got no evidence, he just said, trust me, what they're telling you is the truth. No, these people don't know the truth. They don't know what they're experiencing. I can show you that. Now, there's dangers in all of this, promoting all of this. Well, first of all, let me finish some of the scriptures. First, it says God's a creator. So you're telling me that now these angels can create an offspring? No. God also said that he created after its kind. Okay? Everything after its kind. Well, angel, spiritual beings, and us as physical earthly beings are not the same kind. So that should not be able to happen either. Okay? So there's a lot of things that go against what Scripture says. Just to pick that one and say, yeah, this is it. No, there's others that say don't. Again, we started with Ephesians 6.12. Okay, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. So we're not supposed to see flesh and blood. We're supposed to see spiritual beings. Can we see people affected by the enemy? Yes. We can see people possessed? Yes. That can happen. Influence? Yes. Harass? Yes. Possessed? Yes. But not, I mean, even in the New Age, you heard the term walk-in when you were in the New Age? That's possession. That's all that is. A spiritual entity took the possession of that person, the identity. Mm -hmm. So I believe that's what's happened in Genesis 6-4. Not an actual, you know, biological breeding program. It goes against everything that science tells us. You're talking science fiction. You're not talking science. You know, the reason why I asked you this is because, as you know, this is a really big, this has become such a big um, issue among in the church. And more and more, pe more and more people are believing this as in the days of Noah. And yet you're right. It doesn't say anything about that. And look the at the effect of the people that fall for this. It becomes their gospel. Mm -hmm. Their whole focus is on giants. Their whole focus is taken away from the gospel message of Acts. They become useless for God's purpose. They're, they, they're starting to mistrust everything in Scripture. Well, what else did God say that, was, that didn't mean that? We're right back to the enemy giving you something and saying, you didn't really mean that. You know, you have to take the whole picture and put it together. 
Plus, there's another evil part to this whole thing. When you start as a Christian, you know, Christians, we know that this is demonic. We know that if there was a hybrid race, that what's the outcome? They got to be, they got to be evil too. They got to be demonic too. So you're telling me they're creating a, there's a, a demonic bloodline. Okay. The whole problem with that is now you have to throw out the verse where Jesus says, I come that all may be saved because these guys are telling you the same ones teaching this Genesis six stuff, Nephilim stuff. They'll tell you that these demonic entities, these demonic hybrids, they can't be saved. Well, let's throw out that scripture that Jesus says that we all could be saved. That's the only way you're going to make that fit. And then the other scary part is, is any time in history, when you look back and a race of people, not just a race of people and a group of people have been demonized. It's been followed by a Holocaust. So if we start teaching that these people in the new age and the UFO realm that say they're hybrids are actually demonic entities walking among us, there's going to be problems. What happens if you got one that believes they're a hybrid and they want to date your daughter? You going to allow that? This it's really, it's really, this is scary stuff. It's uh, quite out there too. The, the fact that it we're is even, out there. The fact that we're even talking about this. Do you think? I'm just looking back at when these two ideas came together. They both started around the same time, as I recall. They, Yep. Around around they, the, the mid-90s or so, right? Yes. they. This whole thing came out, you know, right before I got the first testimony. It's almost like back then when I first started, I knew who the enemy was. I knew who I needed my mission field to go to. And it was the lost people that were having these experiences. Once this came out in 97 with uh, Mitzler's book, Alien Agenda, once that came out and these other Christian researchers picked up on it, I've spent the last 20 years fighting this in the more than I have being able to help these people that I intended to help in the first place. Now I'm trying to help correct people that are opening doors in the church because this just doesn't stop once you get in that Nephilim door. Now you start looking at every other thing out there. Oh, could scripture be wrong on that too? Instead of your focus being walking with God and learning how to be Christ-like and witnessing to others, now it's become sidetracked. It's like the enemy knew this was coming, and or not, maybe not knew it was coming, but once the first cases came out and this all came out in the wham, you know, it, it brought the fight from outside to inside the church. You know, this delusion now is not just outside the church for the lost. This delusion is inside the church and kicked it in high gear with this part to be able to separate that wheat from the chaff. And there's a lot of new age in the church, too. It's uh, absolutely it, it's just infiltrating all over the place. I can see it happening in you know so many ways. The, the biggest danger in this teaching, what I see out of it, is I'm trying to help people come out of something that was deceiving them already, okay, and bringing them to the truth. 
So I get them to the truth of Jesus Christ and his saving grace. And I get them to the truth. And what happens? Now we got Christian teachers that turn right around and throw some seducing teaching at them that gets them off sidewinked instead of studying what it needs to be to get their life in a walk with Jesus. Now they're being tempted again with all this crazy stuff. It's New Age stuff just repackaged in a, Christ, in a, in a wrapping paper of Christianity, pseudo-Christianity. So it keeps these people to come in to true salvation and true freedom because they're constantly going to be keeping those doors open instead of focusing on God's word. You know, I, in my book, I put the something that I use as a, as a format. People always like formats, you know, give me a guidance, something to guide me through this process. So I, years ago, it was introduced to me um, from Dr. Henry W. Wright's book um, that he wrote, Pathways to Wholeness. And it's a book dealing with the spiritual root of, of illnesses, having a spiritual root. And once you deal with that spiritual root, you can be healed from those illnesses. Well, in his book, he had these eight R's to freedom. And I was introduced to those eight R's uh, by my late wife when she got the book and read it. She says, I think this might fit your ministry, you know, somehow. So I've been using it ever since. And you'll see it in the back of my book for people. I, I made it so you can actually cut the page out and paint it up to, you know, to, to read every morning when you wake up, if you want, whatever. And it gives you that guidance all the way through. And one of those R's, the, the most difficult one for people to, to overcome, to get past, is the fifth R, which is remove it. And what I mean by remove it is you've got to get it out of your life. You've got to put it past you. You've got to take away all those souvenirs that you collected in the world, in your new age walk. You've got to put them all away. Get them out of there. Put it all aside. Don't look at it anymore. Don't keep going back to see what's news in the UFO realm, you know. No, you have to close those doors. Because number six... <laughs> Number six tells you, rebuke it if it comes back, okay? Well, why would it come back? Because you haven't closed the door yet, you know? That's the problem. This, this whole thing is fascinating the way it was put together, and it was perfect. Because once you close all of those doors when you're listening to God, because if you don't have them all closed, you got noise coming in where you can't hear him clearly. Well, once you get to where you can hear him clearly, then you'll come to that truth and you'll come to that peace and you'll come to that joy. All those things that we're supposed to see in a believer. And that's what you see in the testimonies that I've been able to put together because they are no longer under the enemy's rule and all of the craziness. Mm. Now, I didn't, I didn't intend to be a ministry in the beginning. I was a researcher. UFO researcher, all I wanted to do was document this piece of the puzzle and bring it to the table. Make sure that it had an opportunity to be seen with the other pieces. 
Because my belief is if you're putting a puzzle together and you're trying to solve it, you don't know the true picture until every piece is put together. And they don't want my piece there. In uh, the 60th anniversary Roswell UFO conference, I had the opportunity to, to talk there. And the title of my talk was The Unwanted Piece of the UFO Puzzle. And that sure caught their attention. Like, what's he talking about? Yeah. All, I mean, it packed the house for my talk. And sure, they ended up getting the word of God while they were there. Mm-hmm. But it's still the unwanted piece of the UFO puzzle. Um, I'm not hated by the UFO researchers in the UFO realm, but I'm disliked. Okay. Um, I had dinner, spoke at conferences with them, sat down and chit-chatted with them. All the ones you see on TV and ancient aliens. Yeah, I've been around them. I know them. They know me. They just don't like what I bring, you know, because it's a game changer. It goes against everything that they've been living their life doing, you know. And I didn't ask for this, believe me. You know, I told you I wasn't a believer when I came to this. You know, I understand that one. Okay, so just to end off, we you you say on your website that we are already in the final disclosure. That we're already there. It seems that we're getting closer and closer all the time. I see no, in the church. I see in the church so many different things mm-hmm. happening. Lots of new age infiltration, like we said. A lot of different doctrines that are coming out that seem to focus on other things besides Jesus Christ. I think yeah. that's part of the point. I mean, those people who, who believe a lot of these things, like the Nephilim and the Book of Enoch and all of that, I mean, that's a whole other topic. We could talk about that for a whole sure. show, which I which I do want to do at some point, right? Why do, why should people care? I mean, a lot of there are people that will be watching this interview will say, this is just crazy what he's talking about. They might believe in aliens, Christians watch Star Wars. They've been had predictive programming for so many years, like we talked about earlier. I watch sci-fi too. I read mm-hmm. sci-fi. I still watch it. I love the escape, mm-hmm. but I know the difference. I, that black line is still there for me. I got it back. Okay, God mm-hmm. gave me that black line back. That definite division between reality and fiction. Okay, so. I but there, but there are people enjoy. who believe. There are people who believe in, you know, aliens on other planets. Even Christians believe in that. And the numbers of that, number of people, Christians or non-Christians, who believe in aliens from other planets, is growing. And it is a, growing. Mm-hmm. It's because they're not being shown in God's word, where that's not possible. Okay, God tells us exactly what the those stars and planets are out there for, okay? To want to add any more to it. We're not supposed to add to or take away from God's Word, and there's a lot of that going on, and that's a shame. But God tells us what those stars and, and planets are out there for, those lights in the sky. They were for signs and seasons, okay? And also they're there for the awe factor, so that we would look out there and be in awe of our Creator. Let me give you where I got my confirmation of from God about what that all was, the Holy Spirit, what that all was, what it all meant. I mean, I was working at the Kennedy Space Center. 
I wasn't sure why the universe was so big. I couldn't answer that question. It was, this is a fascinating story. I love to tell it. In 2011, at the end of the shuttle program, shuttle was winding down. NASA released a 48 minute, I think it was 48 minutes, um, IMAX movie documentary. You know what IMAX is? That's those giant screens. Movie documentary called Hubble 3D. So the thing, not only was it IMAX, it was in 3, 3D, which was absolutely awesome in IMAX. And it was filmed during the shuttle missions that went to repair the focal parts of the Hubble telescope because it had some issues on clarity. So they did a number of shuttle missions and they took up these amazing IMAX cameras with them into space and filmed the spacewalks of them right there. It was just amazing to watch this and showing them fixing the Hubble. And at the end of Hubble, they take you with the fixed lenses and they take you on a journey out as far as Hubble can see and then back. That's the most important part to me was that part. Because they offered this movie to free that they just released it and they were showing it to NASA people that work for support NASA first. And I got to see it at the Kennedy Space Center Visitor Center where they have an IMAX theater. They let 15,000 plus people on the clock schedule a time to go see the movie for free because they were so excited about what they had put together. And they wanted us to be part of that. So when I went, I'm sitting in a dark theater with all these people from Kennedy Space Center, worked like me. I didn't know any of the ones I was sitting with. I'm in this dark theater at the visitor center. I watch this thing and I'm watching and I'm just amazed at God's creation and what we're able to see of it. And it just kept going farther and farther and farther out. And then it got to the point where it started coming back. And that's when the Holy Spirit laid the truth on me. You see now why it's so big? Because God know he knows, he knew in his foreknowledge that man would build this tower of Babel called telescopes to reach God. And if there was ever any end to that universe that they could see, he wouldn't be who he is. So God made that universe that big so that we would be in that awe of him. And he made all of that for us, he says. What does the UFO phenomenon tell you, if you believe it? That we're just a, another speck of life in a universe full of lives? Doesn't make you very important, does it? But God says you are all important to him. I came out of that movie bawling because I had just been given the truth and understanding of why it's so big. It wasn't until later when I realized, I wonder what the end of the book says, if there's anything about other life out there. So I went to the end of the book, the Bible we're talking about, and I look at that and there's a part in there where it describes who's in heaven. Look at who's in heaven. The angelic hosts, God, Jesus, and all the righteous 
descendants of Adam. Where's Adam from? He's from earth. There's nobody else in heaven. Because there was nobody else. We are the center of God's creation. Not just us on this world. Not just our world. But we personally are the center of his creation. He speaks to us all individually, independently, and as a whole in his word. That's why this delusion is so powerful. This is why the enemy wants to deceive, want, is so in, you know, ecstatic about getting the ability to deceive us. That's why he's been trying throughout all of humanity. Because he wants to cheat humanity out of its blessed hope. And that blessed hope is eternity with God. No evil. Choice is yours, ladies and gentlemen. The choice is also your grandsons, your sons, your nephews and nieces. I don't care what you believe. What do you want them to believe? You may choose to believe the lie. But give them the opportunity to choose. Rightly choose. Show them both sides. If they're into all of this stuff, show them there's another side to this. Let God speak to them. Let them make their choice. If you already know the truth, and I said we already have disclosure, as believers that know the truth, we have our disclosure. We know what this is. It's the rest of the world that doesn't have their disclosure yet. And it won't be coming for a while, not until we're gone. But don't leave your children here. Give them this truth. The best way to do it, podcasts like this, where I can explain it for you. Then let them see the evidence. The book is made for that evidence. The book is a tool I put together that tells you how I got this information how I came across what I came across. It answers questions in there that most people are going to ask. I got a question and answer section. And it shows you that I'm not alone in believing this. A lot of my peers know the truth and I let them answer some of the questions. And then it has over 60 testimonies in there as the evidence to show you. You want to take this on as a mission yourself? Please do. Don't reinvent the wheel. I give you the truth. Take this on. The book is your tool. Everything you need, I've already done. Just take it and share it. This has never been a better opportunity in humanity's history to witness to the lost than right now because they are at the point of almost speaking the same words we are. When they say interdimensional, we say spiritual. It's the same realm. They're that close to coming to the truth of understanding. They're that close to accepting something paranormal. They're just a step away from accepting God's word as truth. I've laid it out for you. I show you how to do it. Please take it. Make it your own. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you so much, Joe. I really appreciate you taking the time to speaking to speak with us today and to share your story and your research, 
and everything that you've learned over the last, uh, what, 25, 26, 27 years. Yeah. We, we both came to Christ I, I thank the you same for year. the opportunity, yeah. believe me. Mm. I appreciate it's it. people well, like yourself that have taken on these missions of podcasts and, and letting God's truth be put out there. You know, I commend you for that. I tried doing the podcast. It's it's just too much me to work with right now. Um, I feel much better when I'm the one being interviewed than I do doing the interviewing. But, you know, we're all called to have our own part in this. You know, and I'm glad you're there for this. You know, and I'm glad you remembered me and, and, and looked me back up. Yeah, 13 years later. Yeah. Well, thank, Don't thank wait so much. long next time. <laughs> well, we'll talk again. And like I said, I would like to... Uh, be able to, um, at some point, we touched on a lot of subjects, and it'd be great to maybe have some other people with differing views on different subjects, you know? Sure. Um, I appreciate that. Just before we go, I was wondering, perhaps we could pray sure. for the people watching this, listening to this interview. Absolutely. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this great opportunity to come together as believers and be able to share this message this message of hope, a message showing that we have an enemy that wants to take everything that God's given us for hope away from us, an enemy that's been attacking humanity from the beginning of time of humanity. And it's not going to stop until the end when Christ Jesus himself comes back to stop it. Right now we are going through things that are deceiving people right and left. We've got to understand and have something to be able to base our discernment on, and that's God's word. I ask that you be able to open the eyes and ears of those out there that are looking for truth and those that are deceived by the truth, to let them be able to hear your word, Father, to let them to be able to understand and read your word, Father. We ask that the opportunity be made available for those that are questioning, that, you know, that aren't sure of your word being accurate, that they can be shown that it is accurate 100%, that it's prophecy fulfillment 100%. You mean what you say and you say what you mean. Also, it's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, nothing to be changed. Thank you, Father, for this opportunity. Thank you for the doors to come open to be able to share your truth and to be able to give people an opportunity to choose the right from the wrong. Without hearing both right and wrong, they don't have that freedom of choice. We've given these people listening and watching this one, this podcast, that choice. We've given them the opportunity to make that choice. And we thank you, Father, for that. And we, we ask the Holy Spirit to work in their lives and let, them, let it be shown through the Holy Spirit that what we speak is true, that these testimonies are real. And we ask that they take this message on because so many are going to be lost from this delusion. Now is our time to help. And we thank you for that opportunity, Father. Thank you for saving us. Thank you for your saving grace. And thank you for everything you've been able to do for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And thank you for Joe and his ministry. to ask that you would protect everything that he's doing and everything that um, he's saying and the people that he is bringing to the truth. And I pray that you put a hedge of protection around him with the knowledge that we are not fighting against flesh and blood, but against spiritual forces of darkness and wickedness in high places. But you have already overcome, and you're calling us to 
be overcomers as well by the word of our testimony and the blood of the Lamb. I thank you so much, Father, for what you're going to do. Get this message out and help people come to know who you are, that the Bible is a supernatural book and you are more powerful than any power on this earth and in the spiritual realm. Thank you, Father. We ask in the name of Jesus. Amen. A voice, a voice calling in your wilderness. When I accepted that Jesus is the truth that I had been seeking and the only way to eternal life, I was forever changed. In that moment, Jesus rescued me out of the kingdom of darkness and delivered me into his kingdom of glorious light. He truly set this captive free. So what about you? Jesus says, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. When you're ready to receive Jesus as your Savior, just talk to him. He's waiting for you with open arms. Our Creator calls. Are you listening? There is one love, one truth, one way to know. When you turn to the sun, all darkness must go. A voice, a voice calling in your wilderness.